Uh, but now uh, we're going to uh, continue our coverage of policing, and uh, uh, we're going to uh, talk with somebody uh, who always has uh, great insights on uh, on the NYPD and and all of that. Uh, it's uh, uh, his name is John Tufel. He's the author of our uh, of a monthly uh, this month in Eric Adams uh, column for the Independent. Um, he has a, a really brilliant article in our current print edition called uh, uh, "Looking at What Exactly uh, Judges Do" and, and kind of the well, we'll talk about it, but some of the uh, uh, fakery and in, in uh, how our whole judicial system is set up and the underlying um, principles. But uh, above all, John's been an incredible uh, watchdog of the NYPD. Uh, for many years. And uh, John, it's great to have you back on the show. Hey, John, good to be here. Right. So let's uh, jump into it. Uh, Last Tuesday, uh, Mayor Adams announced that he was asking almost all city departments uh, to prepare another round of uh, budget cuts. Uh, And then the very next day, uh, he announced that he had reached a contract agreement uh, with the uh, Patrolman Benevolence Association, the largest of the five uh, police unions here in New York um, uh, reached uh, on pretty generous terms for the PBA. Can you uh, outline uh, what, what exactly this contract provides for? Yeah, absolutely. So so first, those budget cuts you mentioned, it's a very funny thing. He has directed most city agencies to give uh, 4% cuts, and then a few get spared and get 3% cuts. And he's demanding that those cuts be identified within 10 days, which is a very, I mean, that short sort of time frame, it feels like a very Elon Musk sort of move, that a type of um, move like fast and break move. things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That there's a little care for the uh, what these cuts will lead to, which obviously they will lead to reduced city services. I mean, that's the nature of cuts. But, but yeah, as you said, I mean, in the same, uh, in the same, couple of day periods that he did this, he also announced that he has struck a deal with the head of the PBA. Um, We don't know all of the details of this deal yet. They haven't released a a full term sheet. It's going to have to get voted on by PBA members. And also we'll talk about the city council's role in it. But yeah, so the headline here is that police officers who work, I mean, there's massive pay increases across the board. Police officers with five and a half years in the job are now going to make around $131,000, which, just to put that in perspective, is about $50,000 more than teachers uh, with five years on the job will make. Teachers make in the low 70s at five years, um, and police officers will now make $131,000. Um, there are other, um, uh, there are raises across the board, uh, from the beginning. It's retroactive to 2017, which will mean very large payouts, sometimes probably, uh, in the hundreds of thousands to some officers. Um, that's how large these, uh, increases are. So to think about it in another way, um, the current, if you break it down to an hourly rate, right, and assume 40 hour, uh, 40 hour work weeks, the officer's hourly rates now will be higher than their one and a half time overtime rates that they currently receive. So the consequence of that is that overtime itself will now be massive. I mean, this, this is such an incredibly generous 
uh, agreement that he has struck, he gave away the store. I mean, there is no other way to look at this agreement other than he I don't even I can't even imagine it was negotiated because I can't imagine what he could have asked for or what he asked for in this agreement, because there is no give backs. There is nothing. It is all upside to the police. And it really shows where Adams's priorities lie. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit more about the overtime? And uh, in this, uh, I'll give a little sneak preview of your article. We'll be uh, uh, posting online uh, on independent.org uh, tomorrow morning. But uh, you're saying that uh, the overtime pay uh, could top uh, over $90 an hour. And uh, there's this uh, practice within the department uh, called Callers for Dollars and uh, all the ways that uh, police officers can really uh, jack up their overtime pay. Yeah, there's Callers for Dollars. I mean, Gothamist just this week uh, released an audio recording that it, that a, an individual a citizen had obtained. Um, he accidentally left his phone on after police confiscated it uh, and left his phone recording. And it recorded these officers saying, uh, joking with each other about milking overtime. Milking it is the phrase that they use, somewhat of a disgusting visual uh, image. But yes, that's what they call it. Um, Collars for dollars, obviously, has been documented. Um, this idea of processing more and more paperwork so that you can rack up overtime. And if you use uh, Legal Aid's very helpful law enforcement lookup tool, you can see that in the last couple of years, uh, quite literally thousands of officers have managed to accrue $50,000, $60,070. The highest I saw was around $90,000 of overtime in a single year. And those numbers are just going to go up because now that the hourly rates are so much higher, the overtime rates are going to be even higher than that. So that 90 something dollar figure you mentioned, that's only for five year officers. So that's going to work out to an overtime rate of around $96 an hour for officers with 10 years, 15 years. I mean, I haven't done the math, but their overtime rates are going to be incredible. Uh, you know, it easily into the high hundreds of dollars an hour for overtime, if not more than 200. Um, so, I mean, it, it, as I said, it's an incredibly generous package and it is going to result in officers uh, making some officers will be making well over $200,000 a year, even just a couple of years into their careers as police officers. Right. Because uh, it's really at about the five year point where their pay really uh, starts to spike. Uh, once yeah. Kind yeah. Of and it's actually that they're, very they're, you know, yeah. ready to make this their career. Right. And it's actually very weird because based on what the city has put out, they're saying that there have been retroactive raises of, of three to four percent every year from 2017. But if you do the math, that actually doesn't make any sense because these five year officers are seeing a jump of around fifty thousand dollars a year. And you just don't get that from seven years of three percent, four percent. You just don't get it. So there is an additional bump that officers are receiving that I suppose we'll learn more about it when the full package comes out. There is also a, I mean, this is the type of thing that only a, I don't know, only a politician could dream up, but there is also a, I believe it's a 2.1% addition to everyone's salary. That's called a neighborhood policing differential. 
that all it is is a is a pay bump. I mean, that's literally all it is. It's just two point one percent added to everyone's salary, and they call it a neighborhood policing differential. It's got nothing to do with what type of police work they're doing, but that's yet another thing. There's uniform allowances. There's other cash payments. Um, it again. I mean, I hate to keep repeating myself, but. Almost any other municipal employee of New York City, no matter what department you work for, you are going to be jealous of the police in this next round. It is. And they still, by the way, get their 22 years and full pension uh, benefit. Right. Uh, and this, so the, uh, this uh, a generous overtime pay of uh, the way the pension formula is calculated is based on a police officer's average pay over the final three years of their career. Um, right. So uh, this is also going to really uh, uh, boost uh, the the pension uh, payments uh, officers will get in the future because there's this tradition of really maxing out your overtime in that final stretch on the department. Absolutely. And that's going to be a budgetary impact that we'll see down the line that, uh, you know, it's tradition for officers to, in their last three years, to max out their overtime as much as possible to increase their pension. Uh, their pension is 50% of the average of their last three years salary earned, and that includes overtime. So if they can manage to, let's say, if not double, if they can improve their salary by two thirds each year in their last three years, that means their pension is going to be looking a lot more like their final year of salary, which means they'll be getting close to a full salary for the rest of their life. Um, right. And they often retire, retire in their mid to late forties after they yes, get those. Exactly. Changes. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that, you know, it's, it's, it, all of this is very sad in a way, not just because it, not just because it shows Eric Adams' priorities, um, which are to cut all kinds of municipal funding from libraries to the Department of Investigations to Food Stamp uh, Administration, uh, you know, Human Resources Administration, to uh, oversight of police, to even things like fixing the roads and our sanitation and our rat problem, to cut all that, to give all that money to a police department that has shown itself to be essentially ineffectual in in reducing crime rates. Um, and w- what I find sad about it is, I, you know, I've been very critical of policing, right? But I do come at this from a place of love. And, it, you know, there's been a lot of studies done that show that police have heightened uh, issues with alcoholism, with depression. You know, there have been su- there's a higher suicide rate among law enforcement officers. And, you know, the reason for that is because these officers are the tip of the state's spear. I mean, they are the ones enacting this monopoly of violence, right? They are the ones who have to intimidate and use violence and crush their fellow man. And that is an awful, awful thing to have to do. And so these high salaries, they entice people into what could be uh, this life of misery that a lot of these officers feel, uh, that a lot of these officers live, I should say. And, uh, you know, at the expense of all other municipal services. So it's very, very sad where we are as a city right now. And and I do hope the city council uh, stands up to Adams on this. So the city council has to sign off on this? They don't have to. Well, so Adams has the unilateral legal authority to um, to enter into the, these agreements. That That's his right under state law. However, the agreement has to be funded by the city council. And there is plenty of precedent 
of local legislatures in New York rejecting uh, union contracts and saying, no, we're not going to fund that. Um, so, I mean, it actually, I believe in 2018, this city council did that with the correctional officers contract by, uh, because they were demanding certain reforms be made to discipline in, in the correctional officers. But, um, so the city council would be perfectly within their rights to either say, no, we're not going to fund this A or B, we're only going to fund this if you give us some stuff that we want. And that is where, you know, it's quite interesting. I mean, there really should, by all rights, be another round of negotiations here between the council and the mayor. I I am I I don't want to say I'm optimistic because I'm never I haven't been optimistic in 25 years. But I I would hope that the city council would be willing to stand up to the mayor on this and to force him to come to the table about this contract and about the NYPD's role in our city. Right. Um, we have to wrap up here in a minute. Um, we haven't had any, uh, uh, callers, uh, come in. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's been good, uh, continue to talk with you about this. Um, you, you had another uh, fantastic article, article in our, uh, uh, April print edition called Who is the Law for? And, uh, you were looking back on the Hector LaSalle nomination, uh, battle. Um, a new, uh, Chief Judge uh, nominee was announced yesterday by Kathy Hochul, a much more uh, progressive a judge named uh, Rowan Wilson. Uh, we'll continue to follow that at the Independent, and of course the uh, the the rulings come out of coming out of uh, Texas around Mifeprestone, uh, the um, abortion pill, uh, really shocking. And unfortunately, we we don't have time to get into that. Uh, it's, we have to wrap up here in a minute, John. But um, I. I just recommend anybody uh, get a hold of that article. You can find it at independent.org or in our print edition. Uh, we really appreciate all the uh, incredible I- coverage you do of these issues. Yeah, my pleasure, John. I, I you know, I love writing for the Indy. I, I like, I, I am grateful that you have given me an outlet to not just rant about Eric Adams, but also to um, kind of delve into a little bit of my esoteric, ideas about uh legal philosophy which is really the basis of that last article that that i wrote so yeah if anyone wants to read it it's there okay john tufel uh indy's uh uh nypd watchdog thank you for joining us on the independent news hour this evening happy to be here thanks a lot john okay well we have to wrap it up here uh we'll be back next uh tuesday with another show uh um want to thank our board operator, Reggie Johnson. Also, Amma Gagarian helped out with this show. Uh, we've got more great programming coming up on WBAI this evening, including Out FM uh, and, and Revolution uh, by the Minute and some and other great shows. So please stay tuned to this station. And our uh, final song here is Right Back Where We Started From by Maxine Nightingale. <laughs>